0: There is a story told about two fish who meet an older fish that was swimming the other way. The older fish nods at them and says, morning, boys, how's the water? And the two younger fish swim on for a little bit further, and then one of them looks at the other and says, what the hell is water, which is an echo of the words of Marshall McLuhan, the Canadian philosopher, who said, I don't know who discovered water. But I know it wasn't a fish. Meaning, when if you're from your first breath, you are immersed in something, when if from your first moments of consciousness, you are up to your neck and over your head in something, you don't know what it is. It just is. The fish don't know it's water, it's their world, and it's what they swim in. We don't know that we breathe in nitrogen, oxygen, argon, carbon dioxide, and water vapor. We call it air, because that's what we live in. And because what we swim and live in isn't a place of perfection, we don't live in a world of right and true execution of will and hope. None of us live without dashed hopes, broken dreams, torn hearts, broken expectations. So I don't know who invented Yom Kippur. But I do know that it was someone who lived and deeply understood what it means to be a human being. It would be far from an exaggeration to say that you and I live in an age of deep and bitter conflict, not as in the past with other nations, but with each other and ourselves. And it's probably the right moment to ask, what's the difference between an argument and a conflict? If arguing is trying to convince another person that you're right, Conflict is the act of destroying another person who doesn't agree with you. By and large, the world that we live in has moved quickly past arguing with each other. We've stopped trying to explain and convince other people. Today, we move very quickly to destroying people we think, do, or believe wrong things. The rawness of how we talk to one another, how we delete and cancel people, build up and then tear down other human beings is actually a symptom, but it's not the problem itself. To listen, even 50 years ago, when politicians debated, they actually debated policies. Today, they just insult each other. The clue to understanding why this is so comes by way of one of the most influential political philosophers from the 19th century, actually from England. His name was John Stuart Mill. Mill, in seeing the development of newspapers and media and bustling cities, warned that people will in time confuse math and ethics, or better in our language, people will confuse facts and emotions. The thing is, 7 plus 7 is always 14. And it doesn't matter what side of the world that you come from or what language you speak or what God you worship. Now, you might not arrive at the conclusion immediately that seven plus seven equals 14, but when you're shown the obvious proof, that you have a bowl of seven oranges and then you add seven oranges to that bowl, you'll understand and you'll agree. But what happens when people start thinking What they believe isn't as empirical as math. What happens when we think that our thoughts about right and wrong, government, politics, and religion, are incontrovertibly correct and true? The thing is, there's no amount of oranges that you can take out to make your proof with those things. So we prove them by how we feel. Decades of individualism. Telling us to listen to ourselves, telling you to trust your gut, that if your instincts are telling you that you're right, then you must be right because it feels right. The stronger the feeling, the truer it must be. In the accounting of individualism, what I think and what I feel are both true and oh so right. And then we go about the mission of finding the facts and ideas that support our thoughts and feelings. In other words, we don't search and then decide. We decide and then we search. Our world, the modern world, was built on the foundation of European rationalism. That questioned, in particular, the church and the king. But us? We doubt everything. We doubt the news, we doubt religion, God and tradition. We doubt our governments, we doubt our teachers, our schools and our parents. We doubt love, marriage and family. We doubt everything except for one thing, ourselves. We are always oh so sure that we are right. When the decision was made to send Allied troops to invade Normandy, the commander of those forces and future American president, Dwight Eisenhower, wrote two letters. If it was successful, the first letter praised the brave troops, support personnel, and God for the success on the battlefield with the prayer that it should bring the brutal war to a quick end. And in case of failure, the second letter said the following. The decision to invade at that hour in those places had been my decision and mine alone. If any blame or any fault attaches to the attempt, it is only with me. Do you want to know why the world is so polarized and angry? It's because everyone thinks that they're right and everyone else is to blame for what goes wrong. The combination of individualism and radical rationalism has brought us to a precipice. The antidote, of course, is this day. The oldest siddur, the Jewish prayer book that we have, is called the machzor Vitri, which dates back more than a thousand years ago from Vitri, France. Want to know why we stand here as opposed to there? Why a Kaddish is then as opposed to later? why the Elenu is at the end as opposed to the middle or the beginning, it's from the Vitri, from the Machsar Vitri. Tonight's sacred pageantry is no exception. On this evening, we will recite the Kol Nidre three times, but not in the same way. If you listen closely, you notice the first is slightly softer and lower, the second a bit stronger and louder, and only the third is in its fullest volume. And that is because the Machsar Vitri That Sidor from a thousand years ago in France tells us that finding the way into the deepest parts of ourselves, past the walls and layers of feelings and confidence that we've built around ourselves, to get past that requires effort and time. You don't get there easily. You see, there's a you that is not afraid to be wrong, to make a mistake, a you that doesn't need to be perfect, are you that can live in doubt about yourself. But we need to look deep to find that. Tonight, we circle around it three times before we push in. And the story is told of a visiting prince who came to Michelangelo's studio and found him staring at a single 18-foot block of marble. Then he knew that the rumors are true, that Michelangelo had come into his studio every day for the past three months, stared at the marble, and then got home for his supper. So the prince asked the obvious question, what are you doing? And Michelangelo looked at him and whispered, "Sto lavorando. I'm working. Three years later, that block of marble that he stared at was the statue of David. Because Michelangelo believed that he wasn't carving stone into art but cutting stone away to reveal the beautiful that was there all along. Not stone into art, but art from stone. And tonight, we each are called to do the very same. Draw art from the stone that we've wrapped ourselves in. Why? Because this is the water that we swim in. Which is, as Leonard Cohen said decades ago, if you don't become the ocean, he said, you'll be seasick every day. Please rise.